welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Richard A. Dotson, here with Matthew C. O'Hara. Yes, hi. And Jarrett. Jared. Garrett. You don't even know my name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also with some guy. Man. I mean, we weren't pussyfooting around around here. I'm able to stop and introduce myself. Hi, I'm Rich. Put in, put in two plus years, you think you'd learn my name by now. All right, Jared. All right. <laughs> Jared. Calm down. Jared. Jared Wright. What's your middle name, Garrett? Michael. Yeah, we've talked about this. Oh, you weren't here. Yeah. Garrett yeah. Michael Price. A little GMP. Yep. Ooh. My mom thought it sounded like a doctor. Oh, that's right. Gary you Michael Price. You gave us that story, too. Yeah, like, yeah. That's how I went. Yeah. My middle name's Avram. Yep. Very Wait, unique. It's Avram? Avram, yep. Richard wow. Avram Dotson. I literally have never heard that. And my mom wanted to give me my first name, Avram, so I could have been Avram Richard Dotson. And my grandfather said, daughter, <laughs> if you name my grandson, first grandson, uh, Avram, I will never talk to you again. So she named me Richard. Oh, you know what my... Uh, good for him. Have I ever told you what my daughter's middle name is? A second. Richard. Close. <laughs> uh, I'm interested in. It's Espen. Espen. Espen? Spelled E-S-P-N. Oh, oh it? my gosh. Look at you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it really is. I, I don't know how I got away with it because... Well, actually, I know exactly how. I told my wife, I was like, isn't Espen? Like, that's kind of pretty, right? She's like, yeah, I kind of like that. And I just let it marinate for a while. Like, didn't say anything about mm-hmm. it. And, uh, like, a few days later, I was like, you do know how to spell Espen, right? She's like... And there's a few ways. I was like, I'd probably spell it ESPN. She's like, ESPN. Uh, yeah. uh, Actually, I still like it. And I was like, yes, score. <laughs> I love you, babe. Let's get married. We're already married. Oh, let's stay married. <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> so, but we're not here talking about baby names. We're not here we're talking not. our names. You know, now you know our full uh, disclosure on my name. Don't steal my name. I don't think anybody will. Uh, we are talking dynasty fantasy football running backs that we would consider selling. Right, we're gonna start guys, with the cells. Guys that we're somewhat off on, uh, and guys that we think again kind of falls back to our other category of players that we don't even think are necessarily bad, but their ADP outweighs their value. Right, so you get a better return than uh, what his worse. value is. Yeah. And and I know. So the big thing here is definitely start off with the, the running backs. Is like you can make the argument. I will make the argument that any running back is worth a sell at any time because the way I play dynasty is I'm always flipping my running backs. That's how I maintain a good core to stay competitive is I'm always cycling through my running backs to get younger first contract running backs. We talk about that all the time on the podcast, but yep. if you're new, that's the theory that we live by. Yep. So running backs to sell. Uh, and of course we got the Julio Jones news. We got to get into oh, first as well. But before we do, how about a word from our sponsor? Hey, nerd herd. As always, we always talk about our good friends at Dynasty Depot and how it's a really good opportunity for you to expand your Dynasty portfolio on top of making a ton of money in the process. And today I have a very special guest and some good news here. My friend Nelson, the owner and founder of Dynasty Depot. Nelson, what is going on over at DynastyDepot.com right now? Rich, we are busy buying and selling FFPC fantasy teams right now. It is made in season. They are being drafted $77 ones up to $5,000 ones. And people are drafting and they are posting and they are day trading fantasy teams right now. 
Oh man, I can't even imagine all the action going over there. There was so many dynasty enthusiasts out there. Are people buying teams right now? Are people selling teams right now? Are people holding teams? You know what? It's crazy. So right now you're seeing a lot of day trading stuff, but you're seeing a lot of people paying up for really good teams, quite frankly, overpaying because they're trying to hit this dynasty depot leaderboard. People are extremely excited. So what we've done, Rich, is we've created four divisions. Uh, super flex, super flex, best ball, standard and best ball. Every team you buy on Dynasty Depot qualifies for our leaderboard. So what's going to happen is the season's going to start. You own a team. We're going to transfer your points from FFPC weekly in that category, and you're going to hit the Dynasty Depot leaderboard. Amazing prizes, Rich. We got four FFPC $2,000 main event seats as our top prizes. Man, you can go ahead, Rich. You can buy a $10 team on Dynasty Depot, and you can win one of those seats and literally turn $10 into a half a million dollars. It's very exciting. I tell our listeners all the time, go to DynastyDepot.com, because you literally have a chance to win $500,000. It's the balls in your court. If you can manage the Dynasty team the right way, and like Nelson just said, I thought it was just one ticket, to the $2,000 FFPC main event in Las Vegas this year. You've got four of them. That's four opportunities for somebody to get into the $2,000 buying event. So you're off $2,000 right away. And then a chance to win 500,000 against the who's who's of fantasy football. And we all know when we play dynasty fantasy football, we know what we're talking about. And this is the opportunity you get at dynastydepot.com. It's exciting, man. It's just a lot of good stuff going on. And as you know, we run that promo with you guys. You know, nerds, go to DynastyDepot.com, put in nerds, 14 bucks, I think, get you a membership for the entire year. It's insane. Bid, buy, sell as many teams as you want. You can also go to the site, Rich, which somebody asked me tonight. You can go to the site without signing up. Right under the Join Now button, it says, click to see teams for sale enters you right into the site. You could see every team for sale and the pricing for sale on all these teams before you even sign up and come in. Check it out. Approximately how many teams are up for sale right now on DynastyDepot.com? Right now, last count, we're about 180. We usually average about 150, but people are drafting teams right now. We have sold, since we opened the marketplace, over 2,000 FFPC Dynasty teams, way beyond what we imagined. Absolutely. That's fantastic to hear. And again, like Nelson said, you do not have to worry about just going to use that promo code nerd to get it for $14.99 a year. You can look at what he has to offer right now, 180 opportunities for you to win that $500,000 and bid on some of these teams. And remember, you don't have to bid on a team. You can just go ahead and draft FFPC teams on your own. And then instead of being 180 teams for sale, there's 181, 182. So you can make money in the process any way you want to go about it. You can either draft a team, you could buy a team. All that leads to money in your pocket if you know what you're doing. And of course, if not only do you win your league, you can win an opportunity in this leaderboard, like Nelson said, to get into the $500,000 championship main event of the FFPC. Pick the platform you like. Like he said, Superflex, Superflex tight end premium, PPR, standard, whatever way you like to play Dynasty, Nelson and Dynasty Depot and the friends, our friends at FFPC, 
give you that opportunity to build the best dynasty team to your availability and then capitalize on it. Nelson's told me before people will draft a great team. Then they'll sell it right after they win. It's called double dipping because you get your championship money and then you sell it and it goes for way more than you're buying because people know that's a really good team. Nelson's going to give you an opportunity at dynastydepot.com to do just that. Take your dynasty knowledge, skill set, and team management and turn it into profit by using that promo code NERDS. You can get that great discount, like you said, $14.99 to get yourself some teams on dynastydepot.com. I appreciate it, brother. You know, we love you guys a lot. We appreciate what you do for us. It's a, it's a great relationship. We love, I told you, there's been a couple of the nerd herds that have come over and have caused some serious damage at Dynasty Depot. There's one of your fellers that has over 40 teams he's purchased already. So the nerd people seem to be enjoying the site, and we are certainly enjoying them, and we welcome you to come check us out at DynastyDepot.com. I love it. You'll love it too. I promise you that. Get to dynastydubo.com. Use that promo code nerds today. And Nelson, like Nelson said, you have an opportunity to buy up to over 40. Don't let that guy be the number one guy out there. Get out there and get 41 teams. Get them out there right now. Dynastydepot.com. Use that promo code nerds. Thanks, Nelson. Appreciate the product. And we'll be talking again soon. Love you guys. Thanks a lot. All right. So Julio Jones, he finally gets traded to Tennessee. Kind of not a big shock to anybody, but, you know, A.J. Brown's out there making YouTube videos, Instagram oh, he's videos. Hyped. He's recruiting. He's asking for Julio to come out there. He said he'll give up number 11 if he has, has to. So now Holy goes there, replaces Corey Davis. Would you say that's an upgrade? I think that's solid upgrade. Yeah, that's a pretty good upgrade. Hard hit analysis there. Yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, I know. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, you, you gave me that awesome question, so I nailed it. Hey, <laughs> you did. T-ball, baby. <laughs> Put it on the tee for you. Yeah, uh-huh. so, I mean, Julio goes there, offset A.J. Brown. Kind of hurt, hurts Anthony Ferkser a little bit there. Takes some weight from him. Josh Reynolds, which seemed like a nice little... Uh, That's who I think it affects, obviously, the most. The most. Yeah. yeah. Unless, unless Julio it, it's funny. I literally was talking with Jared when we were talking about the buys and sells for the receiver, and I was like, oh, Josh Reynolds. Got- oh, no, wait. Me. Julio just went there. Never mind. Never mind. We're done. Well, I mean, I would still think, though, uh, with the injury history of Julio over the last couple of years, it's you true. Know, being banged up, I mean, Josh Reynolds would still be, if anything, this would re- relegate him to being another sneaky buy. Because, I mean, he offers some good upside. He's a big, sure. tall, athletic receiver. Uh, someone we've kind of mentioned off and on in this podcast over the, since he's been drafted uh, out there in L.A. So he might be somebody like maybe somebody cuts him now out of frustration. He's on the waiver wire, waiver wire fodder. You know, he's somebody to monitor, right? Yep. Definitely if Julio goes down. But great news for Ryan Tannehill. Even helps Derrick Henry a little bit because you open up the passing, you know, those running sure. lanes a little bit more. You can't stack the box as much as you'd wanted to against a guy like Derrick Henry. Now they have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, arguably the number one receiving court in the NFL right now. Well, and I think the person that it helps the most is probably Ryan Tannehill. I mean, Ryan Tannehill now has two bona fide wide receiver ones, assuming health. He has two bona fide wide receiver ones. And so, you know, we were talking about him as a, as a buy a few weeks ago. And, you know, a guy that's always been good. He, he could ascend and go from, you know, quarterback nine, 10, that, like he's been to creeping. Seven, eight and seven he's been. Even eight better. and seven, even yeah. better. To creeping up towards that, that top six range. Yeah, four, he's not, not going to yep. cross, you know, some of those real athletic guys like, you know, Dak and, and, and Josh Allen and some of those guys that are going to run too. But he, he could approach that with those two really, really solid receiving options. Yeah, obviously Tannehill has some run ability as well there. Sure. Should help, you know, obviously the big narrative on Julio is once he's going to score touchdowns, but maybe that changes with the new uh, offense here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I'm very intrigued, again, by Ryan Tannehill. As a Tannehill owner in some leagues, you know, a quarterback that finished seventh last year, eighth in the year before, 
Add a guy like Julio who offers potentially 1,400 yards of receiving to your to your overall status. Now, obviously, Corey Davis had probably about 1,000 yards on him in front of me last year as well. But still, this helps tremendously Ryan Tannehill because it's opened everything up. It's going to make A.J. Brown better. It's going to help out Julio. You know, obviously, Julio's been playing across Calvin Ridley. Flip the script, even to, Cal- the, to Atlanta, this is huge for Calvin Ridley. Sure. I mean, already a wide receiver one, already <laughs> – not necessarily a buy because you can't really buy Calvin Ridley right now, but Kyle Pitts. Everybody's we've been talking Kyle Pitts for right, right. a while now, well, like he's number one. This just puts him into a potential nine hundred to thousand yard rookie receiving year, which is really unheard of from a tight end. Even a thousand yards for a tight end, unless your name is Travis Kelsey, is almost unheard of. I mean, it's it's obviously Calvin Ridley right now, and Kyle Pitts is the second best option in this offense to throw the ball to. I mean, it's not even close. So, I mean, it's. It's going to lead to a nice, I think, usage mark here for uh, Kyle Pitts in year one. So, out the gates. Yeah, right out the gates. It, it wouldn't surprise me by the end of this year if Kyle Pitts is ranked as a number one. Like, I, I put him right out of college as my dynasty tight end, too. Uh, I, I, Kittle. I, I, didn't, I didn't get a ton of slack for it, but people were like, oh, already two's number done anything. It's like, sure. yeah, dude, that's why I, that's predicted. Now that he's here at two, like he's the main guy there, I can see after this year Kyle Pitts being the number one overall dynasty tight end and I can see it pretty, pretty clearly. You know, when the you when, when, when you yeah. mix up the age, target share there, uh, eventually a new fresh quarterback to, to get a good rep, uh, uh, rapport with as well. I mean, all signs point to Cal Pitts with his age combined. I mean, you got remember, George Kittle's twenty eight, Travis Kelsey's thirty two. Right. So I love T.J. Hawkinson as much as the next guy, but how is his quarterback situation? Where are the receivers offset? Can they target on him? He's T.J. is my number three overall tight end. And he's just not a res- he's not the receiving threat that Kyle Pitts is yeah. either. Kyle Pitts could be like the same thing we talked about when we were promoting him. Like, what if you can get Travis Kelsey right at twenty one years old? What would you pay? Where would he go in a tight end premium league? Even amongst quarterbacks outside of Trevor Lawrence, and this is a show that in super flex leagues we say quarterbacks have got to go one, two, three in this rookie draft. They got to go. But if you can get Travis Kelsey at twenty one years old, he's in a tight end premium league. He's one two in this draft right behind Trevor Lawrence in my eyes. Like if he's Travis Kelsey right. for sure. Yeah, it's he's such a difference maker at a position that there's there's just such scarcity, and he's got the the, the crazy upside for not a, a not a running back window, but almost like a quarterback window. They have a very similar longevity. Window. Yeah, yeah. Uh, longevity when what longevity to their to their game. Yeah, yeah. say Pitts throws up, and we'll probably talk about this at the end of the year in mid season. <laughs> Pitts. <he, laughs> Pitts falls into the category of me. Of <laughs> Thank if, you. If he puts up as a rookie 900 receiving yards or flirts with 1,000 or even hits 1,000, I'd be interested in the overpay there, right? Like, I'm. what is it going to take to get Pitts in a super flex tight end premium league? Like, oh, you want three first? Okay, I'm willing to do that. Because, yeah, if I can get a Travis Kelsey, I mean, that's he's literally a difference maker. He's a champion. Like, there's very few players out there. Christian McCaffrey is one of those guys, right? But there's a very few amount of players they're literally championship caliber players that can carry you to the playoffs and then carry you to a win with a, with a, a solid core around you. With, you, know, you don't need the best team, but that one player alone gives you such an edge. Right. Travis Kelsey was that guy last year, Absolutely. right? Leading the NFL at one point in receiving yards. In best ball leagues, I, I forgot the number, but it was astronomical. How many of the winners of the best ball leagues on, on all those sites had Travis Kelsey on their roster? Right. He's that much of a difference maker. And if, you, if all of a sudden you bumped out a tight end premium, Forget about it, let alone just regular leagues. Like, regular, yeah. for, I would say even take off tight end premium off the list, right? In a one QB 
regular tight end point list. If you got a Travis Kelsey at 21, again, a huge, massive difference maker. So this changes the dynasty scans landscape just slightly. Like Julio's value doesn't change at all to me going to Tennessee. Obviously, Calvin Ridley gets a boost. Kyle if Pitts anything, it might boost. be a slight downtick. Because he's got somebody better, I think, on the outside. than I think A.J. Brown is better than Calvin Ridley. Um, I as, think so, too. Yeah. So, so yeah. And, and the offense slight. just traditionally doesn't pass as much as, as they do in Atlanta. Atlanta's traditionally down a bunch. They're throwing to catch up in the games. Tennessee has had good defenses. Last year wasn't wasn't their best defensive performance, but they, they do like to be a little bit more of a ball control offense. So it's not going to be as many of the high-flying, you know, deep passes sure. that he's seen in but the past. new coaching staff. True. Oh, not new, uh, sorry, new, not offensive new, coordinator. new offensive coordinator yeah. there. And again, I mean, the best NFL teams, which I include Tennessee and their coach staff is pretty good. They adapt to their personnel, right? Like you're going to do what you're like when you add Julio into the mix, you're going to throw the ball a little bit more, True. right? Like you have a, but you have I still a don't know that it'll be in the third Atlanta. year in offense. I think, it, I think it's going to be enough personally. So I like it all. I mean, I, I like it for everybody. Uh, the only thing I don't, the only person I literally don't like it for is Matt Ryan. Yep. That's that's the one downgrade, um, obviously. I mean, just replacing a Julio, it's not going to happen. I mean, even with a rookie phenom at, at the tight end position, you're still not going to get the same sort of coverages and sort of uh, coverage rolling and stuff like that to, to one one side. I do think it's a hair more difficult for A.J. Brown because before we were talking just an absurd amount of targets right. that he was going to absorb. That target amount decreases slightly. He's still a wide receiver one for me that, that easily, but... I do think the ceiling that we thought, you know, he could be number one overall. Oh, I yeah. think that might be a little bit of a reach now with Julio there, assuming health. Yeah, right. for sure. I mean, it just naturally is going to come when those targets are going to go that way because Julio will be open. Yep. So he, yep. But, I mean, it's still Julio's – A.J. Brown's going to be a little bit more of that possession, short underneath kind of receiver, and Julio's going to be the person that still stretches the field yep. there. Uh, and, of course, in Atlanta, a name to monitor is Russell Gage as well for the 2021 season. He I like Zacchaeus as well. Yeah, I, I, I would assume that Russell Gage will slide into that number two overall role as receiver. You would think the only thing that was interesting was last year in the games that Julio missed, those were some of the, despite them being very different style of players, Zacchaeus was the one that actually benefited the most in the games that he missed and slid into more of those targets. So okay. I, I don't know for sure. It's a crapshoot. I don't think either one of those guys are that good. Right. I uh, think so both of those guys I are kind of replacement. I wouldn't guys. overpay, but if you have them on your roster, you're happy. About or just it. check the waiver order. I mean, yeah, you, you might remember not every league is 25 man roster, 30 right. man rosters. If you're in a 20 roster man, you know, 20 man roster league, there's a chance Russell Gage could be on the waiver wire. And they did have the rookie uh, Frank Darby as well. That's true. Yep. Who's a solid possession receiver himself out of Arizona State? You know yeah. what I mean? He's a big guy. He's, he's a big body for sure. Yeah, he, he, he was intriguing. That He's that kind of player that you wanted to like more, but maybe forced into a situation yeah. that could translate to NFL a little bit better. Remember watching his tape, he was the guy that like made some big plays downfield, but then like couldn't catch anything over the middle of the field and just had like a bunch of drops. So gets coached up right. We could we could see something there. And don't forget about Greg Dortch. Sorry, I just <laughs> had to chime in there with him. Who? Yeah, I already, <laughs> forgot. I already forgot about him. What a Dortch. All right. <laughs> So let's move into the topic at hand, shall let's we? Let's do it. Running backs that we consider sells. Now, my first uh, running back off the off the board, I don't need you tweeting at me. I don't need your, uh, well, I guess you could comment on YouTube about how dumb I am, but that's fine. I'm okay with it. They, they, they will regardless. It, it, again, I don't hate this player at all, but I've been talking about a while. His ADP right now is through the roof, and I have a very good example of where this a mirror and image of what we had last year, same concept. 
DLF, Ryan McDowell just put out their ADP list, and this player was number 11 overall in a starter. Not 11 at running backs, 11th overall in his ADP for startups, and that's Cam Akers, running back for the LA Rams. I like Cam Akers. I think he's a solid running back, but this is a guy right now who has first-round startup ADP, and I hate that, and I hate that with a passion. It's, it's almost the same thing as a running back that I actually loved going into last year, Miles Sanders, right? Miles Sanders... Same time this year, hit that same spot, number 11, 10th overall in ADP. And we did the same We did the same show on this. Like, listen, if you own Miles Sanders right now, you've got to sell. And people are like, why? This is He's he's on fire. He's on fire on, on Twitter. He's on fire in ADP. He is not on fire in the games yet because he has not played yet. Cam Akers has found himself in the same spot. This former converted quarterback, moved the running back who was selected higher in the second round than J.K. Dobbins, is somebody right now in the dynasty world is on fire, just like Miles Sanders last year. And again, you can't make those comparisons just because they are on fire at the same time, will produce the same time. But I have the same worry that Cam Akers right now is at pinnacle value. Like he can't, he can't supplant that. I mean, I guess technically he, he would have to hit his ceiling. Right. And that's the hardest part is banking on guys hitting their absolute ceiling is always a big risk. Huge risk. And it usually like, Right now, you can almost flip Cam Akers with that ADP for anybody you want and sometimes plus. Like, if I could flip Cam Akers for Antonio Gibson plus, I would do that 100 out of 100 times. And that plus doesn't have to be much. Like, I could settle for a 23 second is what I would settle with, but I guarantee the way how hot his name is, you could even get more you probably could for get a guy more. like Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, a person who clearly outproduced Cam Akers last year in the 2020 season. And what you're going to hear about a lot of people here on YouTube commenting and Twitter is like, did you watch Cam Akers in the second half of the season? The last third from week 13 on, did you watch? Well, yeah, I do pay attention to what's going on in the fantasy football world. I do pay attention. Wait, you've watched football before? Uh, you know, here and there. Uh, it's, a couple, you know, it's on there. It's on everywhere. So I was flipping through channels and big, <laughs> big burly guys, you know, yeah, there you go. me going. So I did watch it. And, and here's the thing. Even when Cam Akers was the man out there, weeks 13 through 16, that's the end of the fantasy football season, right? Weeks 13 through 16, he averaged 15 points per game, which was 17th best amongst those running backs. He finished as running back 24. So he was literally the very last running back too. Where everybody's hyping him up on. That one, if you just break it down to the period where everybody's hyping him up on, was week 13 through 16, he was running back 24. If you go the whole year, he was running back 45. Which is way worse. But yeah. I, won't, I won't use it again against him because right, he's sure. a rookie. He's COVID a rookie, coming started into some injuries. Started so slow, yeah. it's fair that people that want to make the argument of how he looked in his usage last year, that's fine. Like, I understand that. Like, Melvin Gordon was going to be the number one guy. Before they drafted Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon was going as the Broncos' number one running back, hands down, getting all the carries, got rid of Philip Lindsay, right? Nobody was talking about Melvin Gordon because he's getting so many carries and be the next great thing. Cam Akers didn't do enough on film to validate for me an ADP of a first round, let alone 11th overall, first round ADP. I have him right around running back like 17, 18 overall in my, in my overall dynasty rankings. And I think that's fair because there's a lot of guys I would take above him. Does not mean I don't like Cam Akers. I think he's a solid running back two mm-hmm. who could finish as a running back one. This offensive line isn't tremendously better, but he's also got Daryl Henderson on the team as well. And if you want to be honest about those last couple of weeks, Dale Henderson almost pretty much, you know, in the season outproduced Cam Akers when there. 
So, I mean, when he, when he came in after week 13, he averaged 21 and a half carries, 2.8 targets, um, played over most of the, the, the snaps. But at the same time, he just didn't produce at a high level. He's more of a low, even if his, even his upside for the most part is a low-end running back one. Again, 11th overall ADP. To me, this is a must-sell player. Exact same wording I'm giving, as I said last year, when I said Miles Sanders is a must-sell player. And some people took that the wrong way. Like, oh, you can't sell, you can't sell him. Anytime a running back hits this kind of uh, pedestal, right? Crescendo, yeah. if you will. Yeah, I am selling every single time. Especially with this little of information. And that was kind of the same thing. And I think that's why this parallels Miles Sanders a little bit was Miles Sanders didn't start off the year very strong was banged up a little bit, and they had a really good end of the season. When you base all of it just on a few games, it's it's very risky. Now, you can make arguments that a lot of the running backs in this class are in that same boat, and, and that's fine. But it for somebody that doesn't have, you know, this amazing, you know, pedigree, it, it does, it makes me nervous. You, at, you tack on that it's a meh offensive line. <sighs> It's risky for me. New quarterback, you bring in Matt Stafford. You probably want to throw the ball a little bit more than he even did last year in the second half. Remember, you got to imagine part of that reason when they want to get, run the ball a little bit more in a sec, those last couple of weeks is like the coach is like, yeah, this quarterback's done. Like, I'm done with Jared Goff, right? So bring in Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford's want to throw it. You could say that, you could argue that that would help uh, Cam Akers. I don't know how it does because I don't recall Matt Stafford's entire career ever him throwing to the running back a ton. Uh, he did He did a George decent Bell. amount. Decent amount there with theoretic, theoretic. Uh, yeah, I guess theoretic. So yeah, he he will target the running backs. Uh, it could be wrong sometimes. What about Reggie Bush too? I think Reggie was there and he was getting some targets yeah. also. So he will. See, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't even watch football. <laughs> but but he is a guy that likes to sling it downfield. Like he's not a guy that's going to always be looking for the underneath stuff. Like he does like to move the ball downfield, and I think that's why they brought him in is because everything was close to the line of scrimmage, right? You know, whether it was to the running back, whether it was to the receivers, I even, I actually have a stat on Matt Stafford later talking about a different player. Uh, but, but he does air yards, things like that. Matthew Stafford wants to push the ball. And it's, and it's the reason he's getting pushed up. Everyone's looking for the new hotness. You know what I mean? That's the same reason that Miles Sanders blew up. You see a little sample, you try to extrapolate it over an entire season. And what you, what you think is a sneaky move ends up catching fire, and on Twitter everyone loves it, and then it just starts going nuts, and then the ADPs jump through the roof, and that's exactly what happened last year with Miles Sanders, and it is exactly what's happening right now with Cam Akers. I have him a, a hair higher than you guys. I think I have him at, like, running back 15 or something that's like fair. that. It's a, it's a tier. But, you know what I mean? but yeah, I, but I'm in the same boat. It's I don't, think, I don't think his vision is very good. You combine that with a poor right. offensive line. There's just there's just a lot of risk involved, and and I don't want to plant that much risk into a player that I know this little information about. Exactly, coming out of, coming out of college, his biggest issue was his natural instincts weren't were really there for a running back. They, you know, you could tell he was a good athlete. Yeah, he's and, a and if he puts athlete. it all together, I think you know he could be something special. But to have, I mean, he's been playing running back now for five years or something, so I, I'm not sure he's ever going to get it. You know, what I mean, like it, the the excuse that he used to be a quarterback. I think has a shelf life at some point, sure. doesn't you it? You said that last year during rookie analysis because yeah. I remember I was I have him here. And I was the highest on Acres amongst those three, yeah. and you and you made that argument. Now that you said that, it ring, rings a bell. That like, hey, I don't want to hear this from everybody that oh he played quarterback, he just needs time. Like you gave him about how many reps he had and all that, and you're like he's not he's about due, so we should know early. Yeah. So again, I look at him as a low end running back one to a running back two is where he sits, ADP for eleven overall, just not do it to me. Like I said earlier, I'm flipping for guys like Antonio Gibson. I would love to have Antonio Gibson ahead of him. 
J.K. Dobbins I'd rather have than a guy like uh, him. Swift. I would take Zeke Elliott over Cam Akers right now. I mean, I think that's getting close because obviously you're getting plenty of years there with Cam, but Zeke is a phenomenal He's he's one of these generational type of guys. Exactly. So I, I can he, I can understand he's why you want him. Where we yeah. talked about selling Zeke, now everybody's talking about selling Zeke, and he's about done. So his ADP's dipped to the point where like he's somewhat of a buy for me. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm back in on like Zeke on his buy. Dak Prescott. I mean the numbers with Dak and without Dak are literally almost eight to nine more points more per game with Dak Prescott. Uh, than last year. Yeah, I think he dipped to like running back nine or something last year compared to running back three and five the years before for Zeke. Sleepers ADP, Zeke's going 27 overall in Superflex Dynasty and uh, 17 in 1QB. Okay. That's where he's at. So, like, yeah, I guarantee it's probably mostly behind Akers if they want him. I I just think you could do so much better. If I could flip him for, you know, Najee Harris plus any of these running backs, Javante Williams plus that's probably a little bit different of a tape, but you're still waiting for the upside there. It's just, you got when running backs like this for at least, it's not like if K makers went out there and pulled off a Derrick Henry and rushed for 2000 yards, then I'm saying sell them. I'm saying sell Sam Akers because Sam Akers. I'm selling Sam too. I'm, I'm definitely selling, <clears throat> selling Sam Akers because a running Anything back I can get for Sam. Anytime Anything. a running back can jump to the 11th overall startup ADP, or like sleepers 17th and one QB, which is not too far off. So mid second round by finishing as running back number 48 overall last year in 10 games or 50th in his average points per game, which is 8.4 points per game was 50th. Or if you, 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 you want to pump up by saying how he was used in the last four weeks of the season was running back 24 overall. That is utter nonsense in dynasty and it opens up the perfect window to sell I wish I had any Cam Akers shares. I have zero in all my leagues. I wish I had one because this is something I would love to capitalize on, and my return would be Dynasty Gold. Gold. Matt, give us a guy. All right. Hit me. Hit me. Hit me. Speaking of guys that did awesome at the end of the year last year and people are starting to cash in on him, I'm going to go with David Montgomery. So this guy, um, obviously, for the year, I think he finished fourth overall, um, which is which is kind of bonkers. Uh but when he, he finished the year strong, strong, but in weeks 12 through 17, he was actually running back one overall scored over 25 points per game on a PPR basis. So, you know, obviously that's the big argument I think for him and, sure. and why he's getting hyped in the off season. But what you don't realize, I guess about those stats is he was going against crazy, easy competition at the end of the year. He had the strength of schedule. He had, he had second or third best, to schedule overall, Easiest, yeah. yeah, as it's far why we as, had as him as a. I remember easy. we had him as a buy. We did. We right. talked about Go, him right for the layout the push, and Garrett said he like if you're looking for a running back who's the easiest run schedule for the rest of the season, it's David Montgomery. Right. And now we we pushed him hard for that. That ended up being correct. And now Matt's flipping the script to use those numbers to sell. To sell, absolutely. Yep. So, and you know, a little bit more that goes into that number is the fact that. Tariq Cohen was out last year and a big boost to his um, overall fantasy value is the fact that he got 68 targets, 54 catches, 438 um, receiving yards. I mean, the year before that, it was almost half that. I mean, he was down at, he was down at 35, um, 35 targets, 25 catches, only 185 yards uh, receiving. And if you look at Tariq Cohen's numbers from the year before, he had over 100 targets. So that's what left and kind of got sprinkled around in the offense. But Tree Cohen's going to be coming back. I don't expect Tree Cohen to, to get that full amount back because I don't think he really earned it. 
Um, but he will be he will be taking targets away from David Montgomery coming up this next year. David Montgomery is not going to be going against the same easy schedule. So at this point, it's just capitalizing on a guy that I see as a two to three year window guy. This is this is his one year that he's going to peak in the running back one numbers, in my opinion. And now he's going to fade back down and, and, and be back in those running back two low end, like low to middle end running back two type of numbers once Tariq Cohen comes back. My only concern was I almost had David Montgomery as a buy mm-hmm. for our buy show. So we're doing our buy episode next. So yeah. if you're a nerd member, we're doing our dynasty running back buys for the nerd show. But I almost had David Montgomery as a buy because I still feel like the community still doesn't respect what he even did last year. Like his numbers were strong, which I think, there, I think there's, I think there's an argument. I mean, I think there's some people that really like him as you know, what happened last year. And then there's some people like me who thinks that was just a fluke. So it's odd because his ADP is he's still going right now is kind of running back 20. So he is kind of where I see him as value. Uh-huh. But if you run into the right situation, you run into one of those people that, that, are, truthers. that, is, that are truthers or values him. That's what makes him a, a good sell. So he's not a sell. I don't think in every league, but if you if you're in a particular league that that somebody values him, now is the time to sell because I don't think he's ever going to get back to those numbers that he had last year. And, and I'm glad you said that too because I want to make a uh, a note here for the audience and people listening to it's it's easy to come on these shows and say, buy J.K. Dobbins, buy DeAndre Swift, right? Like that's way easier Chuck, said yeah. than done. Right. You know, a lot of players that you might want to say are good buys. They're not good buys because everybody wants to buy and the price is too low. But like we we don't look for those kind of players. So like again, it's why we're saying sell Cam Akers. We don't say sell players we like or don't like. We just look at where the value is. That's we're always trying to find the best value, and that's how you play dynasty fantasy football. It's an ever game of changing rosters. It's a league built on the basis of drafting rookies and making trades. It's the only way to get better because your free agency is not going to be very limited. And it's way easier for people out there and say, when I made that big Zeke trade, you know, and I gave up two first for Zeke and I got Justin Herbert, like, oh, you should have traded for this player. It's like, dude, that's easier said than done because the player who has uh, Christian McCaffrey is not trading for Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know Saquon Barkley didn't play last year, but go talk to the Saquon owner and see if you're getting a discount because he was hurt last year. It's not going to happen. I bought the player whose value dipped. Ezekiel Elliott. We talked about him being a dip. Well, I, I thought he was a good buy at the time. So we don't want to focus on players that are like clear guy. Like, yeah. Oh, go buy Calvin Ridley. <laughs> Julio's gone. Good hey, luck. Go hey. buy AJ Brown. Go buy Justin Jefferson. You, you see these articles and you see people out there like, these are the players you want to buy. And there's these names. Most realistically in dynasty leagues, you can't buy those players. You have to massively overpay. And if you do, you're doing yourself, for the most time, a disservice because you're cutting your legs out beneath you. Unless you have the deepest team of all time, you have to give up way too much. And now you have this good player with a lot of turns around them, and you're not winning a championship. The goal here is always to win championships. So what are the kind of players that fall into that category of helping me win a championship that value-wise? So I do want to set a precedent from last week's shows and this week's shows. That's what we talk about. And I think we make it obvious when we talk about right. in the beginning of the show as well, but I want to say that. So... Going back to David Montgomery, I'm with you. Like, I'm holding David Montgomery unless I get a first. That's it. It's Or another running back that I'm intrigued with. Right. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's the only well way I'm sell- selling him. Like, I'd almost be interested. Like, Cam Akers, right? I said as a sell. You said David Montgomery's a sell. If the David Montgomery owner approached me, and I can get David Montgomery plus a pretty good first. I was going to say, Akers, it would have to be a pretty good first. Yeah. A really good first, yeah. especially, like, in a super flex league. Sure. 
I would entertain that offer. You guys are telling me that the 23 class is really, really strong, right? Especially at running back. Especially yep. at running back. So if I can get a, a, a player who I can predict in like two years would be middle of the pack at best, a running back from him, a la maybe a David Montgomery, because I'm not there. Obviously, I'm not there to compete yet. Plus a 23 first, I'm making that move two years down the road because we don't know where K-Makers to be two years down the road. And then worst case, if K-Makers hits, I still can get a running back back and it's not as bad. And, and if you're not a contender, chances are what, what I would do, and I guess you guys would probably do too, is like, okay, I'll take on David Montgomery so that way I can get the 23 first. And then I'm also then looking to flip David Montgomery once yep. again because I'm a rebuild team. And I don't know what's what's going to happen with David Montgomery yep. in a few years. So And then I'll try to see if I can get you know a late 22 first for him in a super flex. That was exactly like that. my thought when you were, when you were when he was breaking that down. Just try to flip him at, you know, two or three games in when you know, an injury occurs or something like that. And David Montgomery still has a nice little workload there. Unload him and, and get what you can. Yeah. And, I, and I think David Montgomery is going to be a good – I think David Montgomery, I think the time to sell him, it will be – in season, early in season, you know, Barney gets through training camp healthy because I think, you know, with Andy Dalton there, new quarterback, I think they're going to rely on him to run the ball a little bit more. say Andy Dalton? Andy Dalton and a new quarterback. Come on, Andy Dalton's not going to – Yeah, Justin Fields is going to be starting there. Well, if he does, even better because then they'll run the ball. Uh, I I think no matter what, who the quarterback is, it's going to be beneficial to David Montgomery early into the season. Sure. Um, I would prefer Andy Dalton a little bit more just because they won't stack the box as much. Against uh against a guy like you know David Montgomery, I know you still have good receivers out there like Allen Robinson. They still have Anthony Miller on the roster as well. Uh, Mooney's the one that cat, Darnell Mooney as well. And that was another thing uh, I forgot to mention that stat uh, about David Montgomery. He had the he was twenty eighth as far as rushing against stacked box at only nineteen percent of the time. So he was he was one of these guys that barely ever ran against a stacked box, which was kind of weird because I felt like they didn't have that many weapons. Like they had Allen Robinson. They had a couple of tight ends roaming around the field. And then it was like David Montgomery. So I, I just got Montgomery's interesting too. He was one of the guys that I, I went through and I really watched some of his tape last year because he was kind of perplexing to me. One of the things I will say, and, and it's hard to know if this was because of how easy the defenses were in the second half or if he actually made a monumental shift in his game, but he was one of the most indecisive runners that I had seen. Like just could not pick a hole. Couldn't like when he did, it was the wrong one. Like, and then all of a sudden, like he was hitting the hole with like conviction and he was like, so I don't know if it was just, it was much easier to see the lanes because of how porous the defenses were, or if he actually made a, a big shift in his game. So I'm really curious to see what his season looks like next year. I'm not a truther and I'm not an anti Montgomery guy. I'm kind of like middle of I'm the road. I'm, yeah. a whole, I'm a whole guy until... So offer comes along. But I could easily see it being because of the defenses, but I, I'm I am curious to see like why did he go from one of the most indecisive players to now finally ripping off these big chunk runs? Like what happened there? And that's why I'm curious about the sell because I wonder what you can get like I wonder I think we talked about I can't remember what player it was last year. Like I think it was the same guy, like one of your guys too. Like, will the price of selling David Montgomery be now like different now here in June, July, and August than what you can get the first week of September? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't know the guy like Montgomery. Is it like will it either stay the same or do I? That's I wait to September to see if it can go up a little and, bit. And if it doesn't, will the price still be the same? Anyways, like I have nothing to lose by waiting until. I'm not September. advocating you know make it making it a sell right now either because sure. it, it very well could be at any point during this season. But I just don't feel like I feel like last year was his peak. He's likely to not hit these running back one numbers. We've yeah. done all the studies about the guys that that are repeat. Yep. 
uh, performers as a running back one. It's like not very often. 25% chance yeah, he is. It's not, it's not very often. And David Montgomery, I don't think, is, is like a difference-making type of guy that's going to be up there in the conversation a bunch of times. So this is kind of peak value in my eyes for him. Yeah, and like and over like a healthy season right now with all this influx of talent, like where's David Montgomery finishes as a running back one? I mean, you have Saquon, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, uh, uh, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, Zeke Elliott, the, the six guys up top. Man, I'm not even naming all the. Like, You're not, not even, even talking any of the rookies. Any of the rookies, any of the, yeah. any of the guys, second year Jonathan guys. Jonathan Taylor, Jonathan Taylor, guys. locked. Yeah. You know, right. it's Najee Harris is a rookie. Uh, guys like Antonio Gibson, guys like uh, Javante Williams. No, <laughs> <laughs> second half of the year, baby. Over, you know, I mean, there's there's so many guys baby. that he has to overcome when he's in, on a skill set. DeAndre level. Swift, we, we already know. We already talked about him. Maybe, maybe getting in there as well. So yeah. So right. I, and I agree with you. Like so, the sell point. If you can sell, I'm with you. It's just I don't know if now is the right time. In my opinion, I don't know if now is the right time. And it doesn't – I'm not, like I said, not necessarily right now, but so at some point early on in the season I think is a good time. Because I, I think you're better off asking me, like, who I wouldn't sell at running back. Honestly, like, I just don't know who I wouldn't sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm a championship – if I'm a championship contender, I'm like, I'm not selling Christian McCaffrey. There's no way. I mean, it's – he might be the only running back I wouldn't – Sell if I'm a contender. if you're a contender. I mean, you're not going to sell a, any of those few. guys. There's yeah, you're not going to sell Alvin no, Kamara. No, you're not going to sell. No, I, I would no. See, I would. We didn't mention Alvin Kamara as one of those guys. But no. I would flip Alvin Kamara for like Dalvin Cook. Oh yeah. Would you sell Nick Chubb as a contender? I would sell Nick Chubb as a contender because I think Nick Chubb's a low end running back one. Um, you got to remember, Cream Hunt almost outscored him uh, on a per game PPR game basis last year. Uh, where. I think Nick Chubb's a solid player, and I love his skill set, but the way he's using this offense, he's never going to be, without those pass-catching chops, that high-end running back one, unless sure. he rushes for a, a crazy amount. I love his. I, I think he could prove me wrong and do that, but I think Nick Chubb's more of a running back 10 to 14, that kind of guy in a, in a PPR league. So to me, I'm willing to sell that kind of player too. And the only reason Christian McCaffrey's on that list is because nobody can give me the production Christian McCaffrey gives, which is he's the only running back that literally averages 30 points per game. Not it's here and the there. the difference between him and, and the next player. Yes, he averages 30 points per game. Everybody else is tradable in my, like everybody, Dalvin Cook and everybody. So next guy. All right. I'm going with Austin Eckler as myself. <gasps> Blasphemy! I know it's tough because we've spent years talking about buying Austin Eckler Wait, and what a great. Value. Before you go you on, you almost made my list. By the way, do we have do we have Austin Eckler? Do you have Austin Eckler in any leagues we're in together? Uh, I don't think so. Never mind. Go ahead and talk. <laughs> All right. So, one of the things that you know, you you guys have talked about it. I've talked about it. That that age cliff for these running backs, mm-hmm. and you know, after that. Four or five years, something like that. It's we see very, very few running backs be able to go past that threshold. Right now, we've seen guys like Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Melvin Gordon, like all of these players that were fantasy superstars two, three years ago are now just who irrelevant. Who? <laughs> the only guy right now in the in in the league that I would still consider a star running back that is over the age of twenty six. I would say is Derrick Henry. That's the only one we've got. And it's even questionable about how long he will be able to continue going. We'll talk about that. That's why shortly. I put that in there. That was for you, Matt. Uh, Ooh, what a teaser. Oh, teaser. Austin Eckler is in his 20 age 26 season right now. Austin Eckler has a new head coach and was not the one that was there when he got his contract. Mm. Austin Eckler has an out in his contract after the season. They would only have to 
pay or he would only have $3 million against the dead cap after the 2021 season. Currently on sleeper, his ADP for dynasty leagues is 40th overall. And that's ahead of guys like Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Travis Etienne, Javante Williams. Is it running back 10? I think it, I didn't is see that it. Superflex is RB 16. RB 16. Okay. I, I think in standard, I think I want to say it's running back 10 that I saw on sleepers ADP. Wait, is it in standard? Yeah. In PPR. Oh, PBR. Yep. What, what number? Ten, I thought. I, I can't. Well, I can't remember. I was look. I was looking I'll at a lot of. Jared will look it up for us, us, please. But, yeah. but it's RB eighteen. RB eighteen. Okay. RB, my bad. See, I think our, I think <laughs> if you're getting Austin Eckler as running back eighteen, like I love. Like I don't like that. I love that. Well, but you have to factor in who he's going ahead of. You have to factor that he's going ahead of Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Javante Williams, Travis Etienne. Like you have okay. to factor I'd in take all him these guys. All those guys except maybe Mixon. And that's a maybe. I think I think him and Mixon are almost okay. equals, but I'll take Mixon's in between the tackles running over a guy like Eckler. Again, I know I know your case of like the new coaching staff, or whatever, but he's still the solid PPR guy, and they, I think he coached well. But enough here's what we need to remember: we would rather be a year too early, yes, than a year too late. His overall ADP is 40th overall, 40th. So that means we're talking third round in a startup that you would have to take this guy. Or, sorry, fourth. beginning of the fourth round yeah, fourth that round. you would have to take this guy. Oh, great value. <laughs> I would rather be a year too early selling a guy like Austin Eckler that would be very valuable, especially for a contender, than I would left holding the bag on a guy that I'm hoping will still get the PPR upside with a brand new coach. Of, of course, of course. Like I said at the beginning of the show, this is how I feel about every running back. So I'm right. not, I have no argument to make against any running back selling because I say sell them all, sell them all, all. the time. But it kind of goes back to the category of if his running back ADP is 18, right? That's his ADP. I, I, yeah, I'd have to look and see exactly what it is. Is is, is it 18? Right around there. 18 in PPR. Okay. So you're not you're okay. not getting the return. Again, this falls into kind of the same thing I said about David Montgomery. You're not getting the return you should get for Austin Eckler right now because he's going to his running back 18 ADP. But when this season starts, I think a healthy Eckler will fall in that category. You'll get what you'll get. You'll get better than that running back ADP 18 ADP overall in season. Cause if he's going to be, I think he's going to be a borderline running back one again and week three, week four, there's constant running back injuries or right. somebody's need running back help or somebody's, you know, you know, right around week four when those teams that aren't that good, cause you don't have the bye weeks yet. They start off pretty hot. They're like, Oh, I'm in third place. Look at me. Cause they have no depth yet. And they start, right. to, they start to fade off during the buys. You can probably take, I love finding those teams that start off hot that I know are going to flame out. Over the next 18, you know, 12 weeks. Well, those weeks. are the guys you want to trade with, get their draft picks. Exactly. That's who you trade to Austin Eckler right. to then. So they make that push, and all of a sudden they go on a six-game losing streak, and you're like, I just got the one, two, and the surflex. Like, <laughs> and I don't and, and that's the thing. Me. Like, yeah. he could absolutely, and, and my next guy will be in the same boat. He could absolutely have a great season. But my confidence level for him still being a top 15 type of running back for 2022 uh, is very low. Okay, and, I, and again, that's a lot of these players. I'm okay with that too. Getting out, he Eckler does fall in that category of like he's got about probably if the statistics and history says it right, about two years left as a high value running back. So, assuming the contract and all that work yeah. out, and assuming you're he's not, 20, a he's going to be. This is 26, age 26 season. So yeah, it's you're really kind of rolling the dice with him because I think if you see a running back on the market and he's 27 there's major red flags up. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. nope, this guy's about to fall off a cliff. No way, I don't want to touch him. 
And that's exactly what you could be running in with, running into with, with a player like this. Is he goes from this guy that has some value this season, and maybe some people are expecting him to do some things. Joe Lombardi's there; he's already said some things about him making, you know, having a nice little pass catching role, which is exactly what you know Austin Eckler. That's how he carries his value, mm-hmm. all his value. But if twenty seven rolls around, maybe he gets nicked up a little bit. All of a sudden, he's got. No value. Uh, there was out, a, up on the out, out out in the open market. You're giving you're like begging for a third round draft pick for Austin Eckler. Exactly. The, and there was a little bit of an interesting and, and I need to do more research digging into how legitimate this is as far as something that you can track year over year if it actually has uh, legs to it. But his entire career, 2017, he averaged 10 yards, 10.3 yards per reception, 10.4 in 18, 10.8 in 19. However, in 2020, he averaged seven and a half, mm-hmm. a three-yard drop from what he had done literally every season in yards per reception. So I'm not New saying... New quarterback last year, different guy throwing the ball. Maybe he's not leading him quite as well. Maybe he's not putting him in quite the advantageous banged up. situations. And then he's banged, banged up. up. So yeah, there's a lot Lieutenant of different... Dan's got no legs to it. That, we'll see. I, I don't know. <laughs> All I'm saying is I, I think that... There, it's something to monitor. Yeah, is he still performing like this young spry running back that he was a couple years ago? Uh, did, the the point's valid. Did you say what you would sell him for? So we haven't gotten there yet. No, oh, okay. But but Pick I would, <laughs> uh, I would be willing to sell him for for a late first, and I think that's what it would. I think that's what it would take for a, a running back in in this market. Yeah, I, I think if you got, man, it's hard because the late first you're rolling the dice whether or not you're going to get another running back. In return, yeah, you're not, and definitely this this class isn't strong next year at running back. I'm not like I would want to wait and try and do better. For for a 26 year old running back, you wouldn't take a first. Uh to be fair, I sold Austin Eckler for a first before <laughs> last year uh, began. Rich, you have him lost a year. in the Dynasty Nerds Invitational League, and I would not. And s- you're in a rebuild, so you should send him to Garrett and see what he'll give you. I'm not giving him I mean, first. I'm trying to sell him. <laughs> I, I, I would not, for me, for Austin Eckler, if I'm selling him, I know then I'm taking a step back. I would need at least guarantee, like I'm looking at a mid first. That's why, again, I'm waiting until in-season starting, and I'm picking my team. I'm going to know a little bit better about where these teams are going to finish sure. about week three and four. And I say, I think Austin, and I'm with you, I am worried about Austin Eckler long-term. But I think the time to sell Austin Eckler for, I'm just, this is for our audience again. I'm not talking yeah, no. about your pick. It's just the time to sell him is, Week three, week four, week five. But, but there's built-in risk with that because we don't know but that I think he'll stay healthy. I think for right that, now he is I think, today. I think for this player, but again, what his ADB is telling me is that risk is worth the wait. It's like I have I have to wait that wait because at some point in season, like he'll I don't get a th- sp- he'll get a spike in value. Yeah, and I don't think yep. running back eighteen again. I don't think that value shifts too much by waiting from running back eighteen. Like if I, if you're <laughs> offering me running back eighteen ADP value, like for mm-hmm. Austin Eckler, I think he uh, he. Over, you know, he he does better than that, and I'm going to wait. So, there Garrett, you go. There we go. Move on. All right. So, uh, my next guy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Garrett's got to tell you something. Oh, first. my God. I have something very important to tell my you. My bad, yeah. man. Let Jarrett speak. <laughs> Jarrett? <laughs> Jarrett's really important to Jarrett, this podcast. Go ahead. All right. <laughs> not Jared, not Garrett. <laughs> Jarrett. Jarrett. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about our friends somewhere. over at predictionstrike.com. Do you ever wish that you could buy and sell players just like they were a stock market? Prediction Strike is the only performance-based stock market where you can do exactly that. You can buy, sell shares of professional athletes. They have an incredible app, and you can take all of this information that we are talking about over the course of these shows as to who to buy low on, 
and who to sell high. These are the exact type of episodes mm. that would play perfectly into your hand at predictionstrike.com. Sell cam makers. Sell cam makers. Sell now. Best of all, sign up with the promo code DYNASTY to receive $10 free with your first deposit of $20 or more. That's the promo code DYNASTY over at predictionstrike.com. Great stuff. Sell cam makers. Whatever his value is right now, you're going to thank me later. Promise. Promise. Mm. I don't know if my fingers are crossed. You can get two Javante Williams for the price of one Najee Harris. Oh, Whoa. do that all day. <laughs> Let me tell you about another friend of ours, Jarrett. Yeah. <laughs> and it's our friends at realitysportsonline.com. That's right. The number one auction website in the world. That's right. If you're looking, if you're anywhere on planet Earth and you're looking for the number one auction website, realitysportsonline.com is your place to be. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. Wookie drafts. Trades. We get to draft Wookiees. Yeah, Star Wars, baby. Get out there, Han Solo. <laughs> Contract extension, first-round rookie options, automatic contracts, and even a salary cap functionality, and so much more. If you think that all sounds complicated, it's not. It's just a Wookiee. But <laughs> they make it super simple. They give you an opportunity to try it on their awesome free mock draft tool you can try it out there right now practice practice makes perfect and right now with this promo code nerds you get 10 percent off of your team or your league today 10 percent off a whole league that is a big discount pretty much you tell all the guys hey hey i got this new league going mm. here's the fees boom you put in that promo code nerds your boom. league entry fee is free. Boom, boom, free. boom, boom, boom. Ooh, sneaky maneuver boom, being a nice nerds listener. Free entry <laughs> at realitysportsonline.com. Use that promo code nerds, nerds plural, today. Get tempers off your one. league today. And again, it's the number one auction website on there. And like we always, hey, use that mock draft tool. Practice first. See what you're doing. Now, Matt. Like I was saying like before, you were saying. I was so rudely interrupted. So rude. Now who are we selling, Matt? By who are we giving up on? Selling Wookiees. By Jarrett. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, my my next guy um, on the list here is he's coming off the board right now as running back four. Ooh. Big name. We kind of hinted at it earlier. Hot hand um, Derek Henry. Um, uh, obviously, you know, we're long standing haters of this guy, but he's far outperformed and we've come around on him and said, Hey, we were wrong on Derek I actually Henry. traded for him this year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's crazy. Not a bad move. He, no, he, Derek Henry hate these last couple of years. Exactly. So, um, but it's back. Uh, <laughs> we're back. Baby. We're back baby. <laughs> we were just on vacation. We're back. Sorry, Derek. Uh, and it's not because he's a bad player. Cause I don't think he is, but it's just the workload that he's had over the last few years. Obviously he's getting older as well. Um, Jared, had mentioned it last year he was 26 he'll be he'll be 27 this year do i really not get to be garrett anymore <laughs> we'll talk about it but, but i have a staff meeting about it i, I went back <laughs> this just rolls off the tongue <laughs> i went back and looked at the players who have had 350 plus not only carries but touches and how they performed years after that um, so I kind of, you know, I, I, I was digging kind of through the internet and they had a bunch of old school um, stats, which, I, you know, aren't as relevant, but I still wanted to at least lay them out there. Guys like Curtis Samuel back in 2004 had 371 carries. Curtis Martin? Uh, yes, Curtis. What did I say? 
Curtis Samuel. Samuel. Curtis Samuel. I'm Curtis glad. Martin. They did give him the ball a little bit last year, but not <laughs> that much. I would never mess up a name like that. You no know <laughs> way. 372, uh, 371 carries, almost 1,700 yards, 12 touchdowns. The following year, way down to 220 carries for only 735 yards. So it's oh. a, an efficiency type of thing as well. And a big dip in, in the touchdown as well, uh, down to five. Same, Similar stuff, to having the exact same stuff that happened to Sean Alexander, Larry Johnson, Michael Turner. I'm not going to bore everyone with the exact stats. But then I started doing some of the same same sort of analysis with guys like Le'Veon Bell, who had 406 carry uh, uh, touches, touches. In, in 2017, sat out all of 2018, came back 2019, had 311 um, touches. And he still he he went from running back two in, in 2017, dipped way down to running back. Um, I think it was 16 overall. One million. So yeah, there it's 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 very hard. The only guy that kind of had some success after a 350 um, carry or touch season was Derrick Henry himself, Zeke Elliott. Oh. No, he went from he had 355 or 381 in 2018. He was running back five, and in 2019 he came back and had 355 touches, and he was running back three. And Derrick Henry did it from 2019 to 2020. No, he actually didn't. He had 321 carries in 2009, or three, 321 touches, and this past oh. year, 397. So he hasn't done the 350. Oh, it's 397. I thought he had 400 touches this year. He had 397. He was okay. very close. But at age 27, obviously the guy is a freak of nature. So if anyone could do it, it might be him. But even, even Zeke, who was able to do it this past season, he had an efficiency kind of dip uh, mm-hmm. after two straight years of it. So... The, the usage is why I want to, I'm, I'm advocating, and the fact that he's he's still going off the board really ridiculously high at, at running back four in ADP is really the combination of the two things why, why I'm saying sell him now while he's high because he's bound to have a dip in efficiency coming up, whether or not you know it's a super dip or if it's it's he's he's back down to like running back nine, running back ten. That's kind of what is on the horizon for a player like Derrick Henry. My my whole. F- script is flipped on Derrick Henry because I, I did. I came around and said I was wrong. Well, to be fair, I was right the first three years on Derrick Henry, but I was wrong. You know, but he ended up turning into not only a good running back, an absolutely dominant monster of a running back. And my concerns to say now, my concerns are no longer is he a really good running back? Yes. Do I expect him to be a running back one this year? Of course. But I'm selling the same reason I'm saying all these running backs is you've now hit the apex of Derrick Henry's value. This is peak value for Derrick Henry. It will never be much higher. They added Julio Jones, of course, which is something as well. He's 27 years old. Hurts him. He's had 718 touches over the last two years. And what's also surprising, he has not been hurt yet right. over those last two years. But you, you've seen him. Uncommon. I've seen him like physically look worn out at times at the end of the year when they're really battering him into these into these offensive li- um, defensive linemen. It's it it's going to take its toll. Everyone is human. No matter what, it's eventually going to wear these guys down. And he's had a tremendous workload. His value has nowhere to go but down. So if you have Derrick Henry in your contender, I, I'm still, even at a contender, I'm looking to see what I can flip Derrick Henry for. Can I still get a running back that I believe in? Can I get a J.K. Dobbins, a DeAndre Swift, an Antonio Gibson, somebody like young like that? Plus, can we get to that first round category again? And I'm willing to flip if I can get a guy like that I could believe in and help me out, that I'm pushing out a year back to the 23 first where the class is really strong. Just kind of like we were talking about the 2020 class for a long time. If you could push your draft class picks back to two years, I'm doing the same thing here at Derrick Henry. I'm with you. If I if I have Derrick Henry, I have other running backs on my roster. I can flip for a good receiver. I'm doing that. A young, talented receiver. Um, I, I'm with you. I'm 100% selling Derrick Henry. I got my two years out of him. Hashtag two to three year window. 
the the dec- decline should start here in 2021. It I would, should start. I would start. think so. I would think so based off history. Yep. But it shouldn't be. I don't expect him to be a drastic decline. It should be a, a, a slow decline here. They're, but they're still going to run the. They're going to run him into the ground. So I I don't think the carries are going to go away or anything. So he's going to be one of these guys that's going to get three years of over 300 and definitely two years in a row of over 350. But it's the efficiency I don't think is going to be there quite up to par as to what it has been in the past. Yeah. So it'll be 28 then 29. We all no, no matter what you're going to see a downtick in talent. I mean. Yep. Even the great Adrian Peterson, who's one of the running best running backs I've ever seen in my life, right. uh, he started to decline at twenty. Like when he got twenty eight years old, that's when AP started to slowly start to slow down. A guy who also was not very viable in the passing game right. and who got a ton of carries. It just it's gonna happen. And Derrick Henry is a perfect sell now at peak window. This is what you have to do with these running backs. Sometimes it's hard to make that move in Dynasty. It's hard to sell these guys that are Derrick Henry, that are Cam Akers has done anything, or a Dalvin Cook. Let's say Dalvin Cook. Uh, he Alvin might be Kamara. talking about next. I don't know. Yep. <laughs> Alvin Kamara. It's hard to sell these kind of guys at this value, but we're not saying give these guys away. Right. This is the right time to trade these players because you're going to make your Dynasty team better overall and for the long term. And maybe the 2021 season doesn't really give you that value 100%. But the long-term return is going to be, if you hit and make the right choice, is going to be that trade. We're not saying go out there and tell Derek Henry because we traded him, and you come back and like, hey, I traded him for Travis Etienne in 23 seconds. How I do? I'm like, you did terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Garrett, give me your last guy. Last but not least, Dalvin Cook. What the shit did you just say? <laughs> yeah. This was this was the big one. This was, the, this was tough. Uh, he is currently... ADP wise, the number three running back off the board according Wait, who's to ahead of him? Obviously Christian and Saquon. Those Saquon. are the only two that are ahead of him right Making now. Making sure Saquon's still at two. Yep. Yep. He is the number three uh according to Sleeper's ADP. And he's another player that is turning twenty six this year. He's entering that age twenty six season. It's crazy how now twenty six is just hey man. Hey, you're old, you're dead. You're done to I bet your pubis is gray. <laughs> First contract running backs, Rich. We talk about it all I the time. Know, Let's I do know. this. Silly. So Dalvin Cook, age twenty three or twenty three. If he was twenty three, I would still be very interested. Bye, bye, <laughs> Dalvin Cook. Uh, age twenty six season. It's interesting that the narrative for some of these running backs are very injury prone, all this stuff, and Dalvin Cook has somehow lost that that tag. Although he's never played a full season. Uh, he's missed two games over the past two years. He only played 14 games uh, in the two previous years and then missed most of the season in the two years before that. So he's never actually played a full season and they've tended to be later on in the season. When you need him. When you need him most. So he's a guy that's tended to wear down a little bit. He's seen a, he saw a decrease in targets and receiving yards this past year, which concerned me a little bit. But one of the biggest things, and you know, whenever we're talking about selling a player, it's because there are things that we are trying to project into the future that the general public might not be thinking about just yet. And that's kind of where I am with Dalvin Cook. I could see if if this team does not make the playoffs this year, Coach Zimmer could be gone. He, I think he's very much one of those guys that are on the hot seats. Has The Vikings have not performed up to par. They've even drafted potentially their quarterback of the future in Kellen Mond. The writing could be on the wall for this regime. We will see how things go in 2021, but Dalvin Cook could easily be 
in that conversation of the Melvin Gordons, of the Todd Gurley's, where goes from super, super valuable piece to all of a sudden, where is his value and you're caught holding the bag? Do I think he will have a good year this year? I do. Mm -hmm. I think he will still be a top five running back this season. Do I feel that way in 22? I don't know. I do. Um, in 22. I think he... I, I'm i okay with Selvin Dalvin Cook, for sure. I'm a, At I'm, running back three value. And that's the biggest thing value. is where his value is right now. The, I don't think it will ever be higher. The only di the only difference by that is I think Dalvin Cook will still be really good this year. And I, I think Dalvin Cook will be really good next year. And two years of really good running backs is... It's very, it's very valuable. And it, that's the thing. I, um, he's at running back three. I could see him finishing at running back three this yeah, year. Like, he could. He uh, easily could. And that's and that's the only trepidation I have as far as selling him. I understand the reasoning. Like, hey, this guy's 26 years old. It's a running back, so they're very volatile. But if I'm a contender, I'm not selling him. Exactly. I'm that's, holding him as a contender. That's the thing. If you're if you're a contender, you yeah. have to hold on to him because you're not going to get equal value. You're not going to get the same kind of production. But if I'm not a contender, if I'm even middle of the road, I think he is a top sell because we've talked about it a, a million times. Unless you play in like this random home league with nobodies and right. there's a chance that you're listening and that's the case and that's fine. But the average dynasty player has gotten a lot smarter over the past two or three seasons. Most people are paying attention to who's the hot buys, who's the hot sells. Dalvin Cook is a name that hasn't been floated out there a lot, but because of the age, because of the potential situation, the wheels could fall off at some point. And I would rather be a year too early than be a year too late. And I think that's the case with Dalvin Cook. I'm a little, I'm a little, see, it's weird because I'm in a league where I'm actually going to be trying to sell Dalvin Cook. And I actually have the best team in the league. Mm. Uh, and it's only because my running backs are Saquon Barkley, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Jonathan Taylor, and Dalvin Cook. Sure. So, again, I'm not moving that maneuver of, oh, I should sell Clyward's Cly Lair because he's probably, my fantasy point statistically, the least valuable running back. Sure. I am looking to sell my oldest running back of that stable, Dalvin Cook. So, this is something I even talked to Matt about. He's in the league with me. Like, once a rookie draft comes up, this is a player I'm going to try and sell. Not give away. Najee plus. To see if I can get that Najee at 1-1 and see if I can get 2-1. It'd be weird, though, because you said the problem with that, though, is like the savvy dynasty owner who's in complete real build, who has the 1-1, isn't buying Dalvin Cook. So I'm right. in that weird situation. It's that like, is tough, yeah. How do I flip Dalvin Cook? I'd probably be looking at what I'm probably, my maneuver would be find another running back and see if I can get that 23 first that we're talking about. Yeah, like about. a J.K. Dobbins. A... Uh, yeah, something along those caliber sure. of a play I like because I still have that safety net of Saquon. If I didn't have that at the same time, like, if I'm if I'm not a contender, I'm selling every good running back, no matter who it is, at all times. Christian McCaffrey, any there's literally not a running back I'm not selling if I'm not sure. a contender because my 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 running backs I need are for only when I'm a contender. The window's too short for me to wait on them. Uh, but if I'm not, if I have a chance, like against Dalvin Cook, for me, I understand your logic behind it. He falls in that upper tier of running backs where like I, if I have any chance whatsoever at a title, any chance, not just a for sure contender. If I think I have a chance, like a legit chance, like I was finished, I would finish that running like a player eight, nine last year. If I had a, in my head, I think I could, I could compete. I'm holding on because I think Dalvin cooks valuable. Like Matt said, if he's just running back three again this year, the same return you can get now is the same return you get last year. I think there's almost a very slim drop off. And again, the reason where I'm going back on that is, Dalvin Cook's done everything I've ever thought he was going to do from watching his tape out of college. And we had Dalvin Cook extremely high coming out that year, mm -hmm. um, his rookie year. We had him higher than most at, at the time when it, when it first broke. He was my running back one over Leonard We had him as running back one. Yep. Um, 
over Leonard Fournette. That's a, we did have him over Leonard Fournette. Yeah. So to me, do you think? That's where I sit let me ask this: Do you think drafting next year he will be still the running back three? I think there's a good chance a guy like Jonathan Taylor could supplant him. But I, but the thing is, I don't think the differential between start up running back three to six range, right around that range, because they're all point depending on the point per, per game, sure. the return is that much different. So that the fact that you say that doesn't really move the needle for me, because as long as he finishes his top five running back, potentially right around there, mm-hmm. I think that value holds the same. And then I also think that you're closer to still getting the same return. And if I'm at, and if I'm attacking those 23 first, which is what I want to do here, right. I think when you approach that trade by not asking for that very like mid season and at the end of the year, for example, I even more, no matter what I'm selling Dalvin cook in this league that I have at the end of this year, no matter what, right. if I can't sell him now, I'm selling him no matter what next year. But now that it, the fact that I can ask a bad team, right. Who hit, who's had, it's way easier than to ask a team that has the one, one has Najee Harris, for example, that just had a, most, a couple of drafts on, on odds of high draft picks Hey, now, dude, you've had some good draft picks. I'm going to offer you Dalvin Cook in this situation. No one that's not going to help him. Let me get this player off your team, which is addition by some, you know, which is subtraction. Uh, and let me get your 23 first. So now I put myself into a better situation of getting a high first, which is in 23. And I'm 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 not handling this team out too much because I'm taking a player away from this team, sure. which who had a whole his all his recent drafts have been young players. I'm getting a young player at return now. Dalvin Cook's at 27. So. I'm not opposed to it again, like any other running back. It's just I think we're one year early on Dalvin Cook, in my opinion. Right, and and I, I'd rather be a year too early than too late. And that's fair. And that's and, that's, and, and Alvin Kamara falls in the same boat for me. Same, like they're the same. You're age. making the same argument, if not even more for uh, Alvin, because he's more reliant on the pass catching ability. Sure. Yep. But that, that's why the reason I just said is why I would wait mm-hmm. on Dalvin Cook unless it's the right situation, and my return is monstrous. So that's it. We just talked about a whole bunch of uh, running backs. We're talking about selling. Now let's talk about some running backs we actually think are really good buys for the value, Mm. which is really good. Of course, listen to this show. You just got to be a Nerd Herd member. It's free to try out right now for three days on DynastyNerds.com. Just go on there. Try to Dynasty GM, which is the number one tool on the market. We got some more tools coming. Uh, if you see on Twitter, we have a mock draft tool coming. And this mock draft tool is so much fun. And the most best thing about the mock draft tool is it's very accurate. Yes. Which is the hardest thing to find in there. It is. And as we get closer, we're going to talk about some of these things it could do, which is going to, the data it's going to give you as well as a Nerd Herd member is going to be tremendous. Now, the reason I want to say this as well about the Nerd Herd is once this mock draft tool comes up, this costs a lot of money and we have to <laughs> we have to pay for it. <laughs> so the, the Nerd Herd subscription is going to go up slightly. Nothing crazy. We're just going to get onto the same market everybody else is on here. But if you join the Nerd Herd now, before the mock draft tool opens up if you ever thought about joining the nerd herd and being a dynasty nerds member and if you just want to try it out for a month and think it's for you now will be the cheapest time you could ever become a nerd herd member and the great thing about that is once you do you're grandfathered in on your pricing we're locking you in we had a really good deal for the original nerd herd launch and that was that deal you were locked in on that pricing forever so there's really good advantages in trying to join it now and listen this is a good time to join maybe you wait a while now you got the GM, you got the nerd herd extra podcast. It's not you're like, hey, I don't want, I don't like your podcast as much, that much. I don't want the extra podcast. That's fine. That's not the only thing you get for the nerd herd. You get the Dynasty GM, which has every tool possible that you want inside there, and it only grows. And you get all our rankings. You get extra access to the film room. So we make sure that you're taken care of from every aspect of Dynasty all year long. Mm-hmm. The last thing we were missing was the Dynasty 
uh, mock draft tool, which again, all the information we're going to get out of that, we're going to even get you more information behind the nerd. Some great ADP. Get in there. Try it out. Mm. Check out our YouTube show. We have so much good YouTube information going out there. Uh, Jared's been putting out excellent content on our Instagram, so get on our Instagram, subscribe there. His memes have been fantastic. If you like memes, you're going to like our Instagram. And, of course, YouTube. If you're on YouTube right now, hit that like button, subscribe button. If you're not on YouTube, check us out on YouTube. If you want to see how handsome Matt is and how ugly I am, this is your chance. Now's your chance. I look in the mirror every day, and I'm like, God, you could do better. (laughs) Fire memes only. Fire. (laughs) Until next week. Bye, bye, bye.